Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to Modern Love Radio Podcast. This is an interesting show tonight for those of you who've been feeling kind of stuck stuck in your job, stuck in your rut, maybe stuck with your money. And all of that, of course, comes home. It comes home to your love life, comes home to your loved ones. And some of us, I'll put myself in that category, are really interested in making big changes in 2016. Is one of those changes going to be you mastering your business life, or you're going to stay stuck in the rut? Well, we have a special guest tonight who's going to talk to us about his journey of leaving a job that he wasn't exactly thriving in and starting a business where he did more than thrive. Right now, about 86% of U.S. workers grudgingly wake up, get dressed, grab some coffee, and shuffle off to a job that they're not happy with. Many do it because they feel stuck, and they aren't really stuck, says our guest tonight. So our guest is Tom Scardia, who made big changes 14 years ago. He quit his decades-long job working for the New York subway system, and of all things, he bought a smoothie franchise. He's a former on-air reporter for PBS. Tom draws from his childhood and Catholic altar boy background, that somehow, we'll have to ask him about this, morphed into a life of dealing drugs and running with the gangs. And, of course, dealing with depression, because those kind of fit together, if you know what I mean. He's a self-taught business guru, and he went on to make millions, and he's here tonight to help you excel in mastering business. All right, welcome to the show, Tom. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you, Doctor. This is so exciting. I've been waiting so long to get on this show. <laughs> oh, excellent. Now, did I say your last name right? Is it Scardia? Um, it's just Scarda. Scarda, thank you. Something oh. told me I didn't have that right. So, Tom, tell us about your journey. Now, the thing that jumped out at me is how did you go from being a Catholic altar boy into <laughs> dealing drugs and running with the gangs, honey? Well, <laughs> It you know how crazy you know life takes crazy turns, but um, I was just a motorcycle enthusiast, and I ended up kind of getting involved with the uh, wrong group of people, and kind of got sucked into this gang life in um, the Lower East Side in Manhattan, New York, and um, I just had to you know fight my way out of it. I had to fight my way through it, and then fight my way out of it because. You can't just get out of a gang. You have to, you know, it's death or jail, really. And 
you know too much, you just can't walk. So, um, oh, yeah, I could write a book. I'll probably wow. write a book about that. <laughs> okay, well, that sounds like a really interesting story. And somehow you did get out. That's the interesting thing. You did get yeah. out. Now, you were dealing with depression during that time as well? Well, there was, yeah, there was bouts of uh, depression through that time. And, you know, I think it's through your whole lifetime that you, you're dealing with it until you learn how to deal with getting out of it. And what I realized is, a lot, you know, some of it is chemical and, and there's a science behind that. But a lot of it, I think, is just the story that you're telling yourself and you're focusing on the things that you don't have instead of the things that you do have and being grateful for those. And that's what um, got me out of the whole funk um, just as recently as 2012, actually, that that mm. all kind of came about for me. Mm-hmm. So that's just four years ago. Here we are in 2016. Yeah. So the yeah. key for you was you switched your mindset. Now, everybody, we're dropping some breadcrumbs here. Let's follow them. One yeah. of the keys to changing your life is always changing your mind. Change your mind in a positive direction. Your life's going to follow. Is that right, Tom? It it really it does. And, you know, I, I wrote this book called The Magic of Choosing Uncertainty, and it's exactly that. I wish there was a science that I can say, you know, equals MC squared, and then you're going to, you know, be happy and successful. It's not that easy. You have to take a step. And it was, um, coincidentally, Dr. Martin Luther King who said, you don't need to know the whole thing. You don't need to see the whole staircase. You just need to take one step. You know, mm, having, uh, nice being, quote, right? hard on the heels of his birthday. Very kindly. Right. So one of the things that I'm wondering about is you got out of the gang, you were dealing with depression, you recently, four years ago, started changing up. Now, there's a lot of science, of course, to changing your mind and mm-hmm. how much that will change everything. It helps heal depression, and certainly, you know, in the seminars and classes that I teach, I am always teaching people who want better love lives that that starts with a mental attitude as well. It definitely really, so, so, Tom, yeah. take us the rest of the journey here. What happened for you after you got out of the gang? Well, I think the thing that's interesting to note is that as I was in that gang, I was I was dating this girl who I knew I wanted to really have a serious relationship with, and um, I didn't know how to do it. I was in this gang, and I, I figured, hey, if I could just get a job and – maybe this girl will marry me and I could be like a normal guy. Somehow I'll get out of this gang. And what we did, my brothers actually helped me um, in the middle of the night move across uh, Brooklyn where I was living and um, kind of I shaved off my beard and cut my hair and just kind of melded into society. It was kind of like going into the witness protection program, but that's the way I was able to get out of the club and, um, and, and at that time, as, as you know, as God would have it, I ended up getting a job at the New York City Transit Authority and uh, became a New York City subway conductor and just kind of hid in plain sight. And um, and that girl, Gina, actually married me. <laughs> and so we've been married. It'll be 28 years this year. Oh, congratulations. And, so you well, see, thanks. it's the love of a good woman that makes a good man. That's <laughs> yeah, a great story. It's kind of like uh, as good as it gets, right? 
<laughs> you know, it's it's you really make just me want to be a better man. Yes. Yeah. Right. And and it, and it's been throughout our twenty eight years because there's been a lot of you know <laughs> there's been a lot of challenges, and I don't you know have to tell everybody about the challenging relationships that one could get into, but you know we both always tried to figure it out, and it was always choosing gratitude and choosing what we wanted um, to be and not, you know, what was and what he said, she said, and I'm going to hold that grudge forever. But to to kind of let that go and know that, you know, today's a new day and we can start from scratch and, and make it a great one. And that's, you know, every day I have to remind myself to do that. That's right. It's a daily practice, Tom. Absolutely mm-hmm. right. You are. So here you are, you're hiding in plain sight, you're driving a New, a New York subway train, you and mm-hmm. Gina are making your way through the things every couple has to make their way through, and it's definitely for most people, uh, when you talk about marriage or relationship, it's on-the-job training, and mm-hmm. I do want to say, you know, I have to get this plug in here, for those who want to make it easier, for God's sake, when you learn better, you do better. Take some classes, read some books. You don't have to take my classes or read my books, but for God's sake, go out there and learn better. So, Tom, yeah. how did you come to the point that you were ready to leave your subway conductor job? What happened? Well, you know, it, it's funny. I, I, it was a great job. I love the people. I love being a cop in the wheel of moving 5 million people a day. And it was just, it was thrilling. And I was there for 13 years. But there was one day that was kind of the impetus of this whole thing. I was um, in in the lunchroom, what they call the crew room. And this old timer who looked like he's been working at the transit since it opened in 1904, he said to me, (laughs) he was like, hey, kid, this is a great job. You'll always have a shirt on your back. It'll never be a silk shirt, but you'll always have a shirt. And that was like a bucket of cold water. I was like, wait a second, I'm working my butt off nights and weekends. My days off are Monday and Tuesday, and they'll be like that for many years to come. I mean, what's what's the deal? And when I looked at my bosses and my seniors in the, in that company, I realized they were not living the life that I wanted to live. Although, you know, it was it was a fine life, but it's not the life I wanted. And it was also also job was stifling my creativity. The people that were living the lifestyle that I want to live were clearly business owners. And I didn't know how to own a business. I I knew nothing about business. I have, you know, a very simple education. I don't come from a a pedigree. I don't have money. My parents were civil servants themselves. My father was a New York City cop. And, you know, I didn't know what to do. But, But I figured out that franchising is a business with training wheels. And that's what I needed. So after 13 and a half years with the uh, subway system, I quit and I bought a smoothie franchise. Now, somewhere along the way here, I know that you also collaborated with a motivational speaker. Was that before or after the franchise? Oh, super. During my transit career, um, you know, things were changing a lot in New York in, in the 90s and you know, we we're getting rid of the subway graffiti and making it a better place. And they hired this guy to come in. His name is John Diekman. And um, he he is he actually was a motivational speaker. Now he's a lawyer, which is unbelievable. But um, just really smart, <laughs> I'm sure there's smart a guy. story there. 
Yeah, there's a whole other story there. But he came in and he was hired to train subway conductors to make better announcements. And he needed somebody to help him because he was more like, you know, for lack of a better term, like a Poindexter type of guy with horn rim glasses and a bow tie and suspenders. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's dealing with blue collar folks. And so he, he hired me to work with him to give the office some credibility, this, this, this um, announcement making office that we had. And um, he, you know, for four years trained me how to speak and how to think better and, you know, listen to and read Zig Ziglar and and then Tony Robbins and all those kind of things, all motivational stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. things about changing your mind, you bet. Yeah, but you know what the funny thing is? In those classes where we were teaching people how to make announcements, we never taught anyone how to make an announcement. We taught them how to be better human beings. And we realized, well, he realized, that if you treat somebody well and teach them to take care of themselves and and hold themselves high, you don't have to worry about the announcements. And that goes with any business. If you think about it, if you treat your employees great, you don't have to worry about it. It's going to happen because the custom, you know, customers are going to come in. If you, I'm sorry, if you treat your employees correctly, you don't have to worry about your customers being treated right, correctly. Right, right, I understood you. That's a really interesting chapter. So that was a game changer for you. There's the transition. You started opening up, getting exposed to more material. You became a better human being. I'll bet Gina would give us a testimonial, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so somehow out of that, you also did some public speaking. Yeah, so um, I found – yeah. Even like in high school and stuff, people said to me, oh, you're a good speaker. You should go into politics or something like that. And that was never my kind of gig. But I was always, I guess, you know, they say, you know, God gives everyone a gift. And, and I'm not I'm not afraid to get on stage and speak. So I speak to organizations. But back then, it was, you know, local church and, um, you know, a local uh, community club, like a chamber of commerce, and, and nothing too big. Um when I started, when I got into the franchise world and I started meeting franchise companies, some companies had me come out and speak at their conferences as kind of keynote speakers now, and things like that. how did you get into the franchise world? Because this is really something for those people who feel stuck in their jobs. You've already talked about changing your mind, and you did it through reading. You did it through study. You did it through hanging out with somebody who helped people become better people, and the next step for you was to have your own business. And yeah, how did you get to that franchise? And you chose, it was Maui Waui, right? Yeah, it was something called Maui Waui Smoothies. And you weren't selling marijuana in the stand? <laughs> no. It's funny. The founders, it's such, such a great story. The founders of Maui Waui Smoothies were kind of leftover hippies, and uh-huh. they, they didn't want to work a regular job, and they started this smoothie stand and they worked in California and Australia, and they did, like, all these crazy things. And then another gentleman by the name of Michael Haith came along and made a deal with them to franchise them, and he took it nationally. And I was the 25th franchisee, and while I was there, we got up to close to 300. And um, I was blessed enough to be able to sell it and within four and a half years. And, and I 
semi-retired at 41 years old, and for the past 11 years I've been helping people do the same thing. So to answer your question, um, you could talk to a consultant, a franchise consultant, that can help you understand, number one, if you're really even cut out for franchising because it's not for everyone. And then if you are... Yeah, it's a lot of work with a lot of long hours, isn't it? Well, you know, it depends on the franchise. There are many that, you know, you can work nine to five, Monday through Fridays, no weekends, no holidays, no nights, and it's, um, you know, because there's business-to-business franchises, B2B franchises, Mm -hmm. so you're dealing with business owners during the day, and there are no nights and weekends. So there's all sorts of things. There's more than 3,500 franchises in 90 different industries. You'd be quite surprised at what you can do as a franchise owner. So for you, this was a pathway from... A boy who started out with, as you said, a simple beginning, ended up in the underworld, got out of the underworld, and stayed in the underworld in terms of being a subway conductor, and then you had this big turn. So when you're giving advice to other people, and I want you to give some right now, Tom, to our listeners, what's your best advice for somebody who feels stuck in their job today and they want to begin this process of taking control of their destiny, and they're ready for something new. Well, you know, I, franchising may not be it. Business ownership may not be it. Um, you have to kind of get in a quiet place and really understand what you want to do, what your passion is, really what's driving you. And, and deep down inside, we all know there's something, but we have to deny it because we have to pay the bills. But if you think that you're here on this earth to pay bills, you're always going to have this, you know, level of frustration kind of humming in the background of your life all the time. And and that's what makes people depressed and, and drink and eat eat too much and, and alcohol and all these all these vices. So um it may be as simple as just getting out and taking a stand up comedy class. You know, maybe maybe you always wanted to get on stage and, and be a comedian or take a painting class. This is like a big thing these days. You can do these painting sip classes all, all over the country. I see these mm-hmm. things happening. Yes, because um, it awakens yeah. the creativity. And, you know, there was yeah. a philosopher, Rudolf Steiner, who used to say creativity is the window to the soul. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that what you're speaking to, Tom, is that most of us have a hunger to express more deeply our true selves, express our soul, if you will. Right, right. And, that, and that's why we love music so much. Everybody loves a good song because that the vibration of that song resonates and then you identify it with it and say, that's me, and I love that song. And I want everybody to hear that song because that's really me. And mm. um, it, it sounds like that person's writing that song for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel very strongly about that. And it's just, you know, I just so many people, you know, day in and day out that want to make a change and they're they're stuck and they're frustrated and, and there's so many different little things you could do to just make it a little bit better and take a step toward where you're going. I, you know, I would never advise anyone to just quit their job and, and buy a business or start a business. Um, but, you know, start making a change in, in, in your life and start collecting change, meaning that, you know, make a little savings account to do something 
uh, or be a backup if you did want to ultimately quit your job a year from now or five yeah, years from now. Yeah, and the key, and I really want to emphasize this, from where I sit, you know, when I'm teaching seminars and all of that, Tom, I always, always encourage people to do exactly what you just said. You start from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Start on the inside. Change your attitude. Change your mind. And one of the things that I'd like to add is those people who feel frustrated with their work and where they are, the first step for me is be grateful for your job. Yes. Be grateful Amen. for where you are and everybody in your life right now. Because when we come mm-hmm. from a place of resentment and anger, you're only going to attract more of the same because what we put out comes back. Mm-hmm. That's right. And and all those nasty people at work that you don't like because they gossip and they do this and they do that, it, it's what you're putting out there, and that's why that's happening at work. Mm. And, and once you start to appreciate the people at work, I mean, everybody has their hang-ups. I get that. I mean, I worked in an office, and it was a weird place, and, we all feel that there could be a sitcom based just on our office. Right, there could right? be. <laughs> That's <laughs> why that so show deep. The Office was so popular. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Everyone so many could relate people. to at least one of those characters. <laughs> yep, yep, all those characters are, are archetypes. And so you're saying don't just jump up, don't just run out and start a business. Start with getting clear about who you are, what you want, what you want to express, Take some classes, save up some money, so when you get ready to make your move, you're ready to go. We're both agreeing that you need to be grateful right where you are now. So as you move forward, you're moving forward in a positive attitude to make positive changes. So what's next after the inner work, taking the classes and saving? So you'll get, you know, what's funny is as you're doing the inner work and you're becoming, you know, at peace with, with yourself, funny things start to happen. People start to come in your way to help you get to the next level. It becomes like an, a really weird thing where, let, you know, let's just say we're, we're taking, I mean, we could talk about my, my wife who, who was um, a New York City police officer and she retired at, after 20 years and she wanted to do something that she never did before, um, something that would challenge her after being a police officer, and it was stand-up comedy. That wasn't challenging enough being a New York City police officer. Oh, my God. I know. It was crazy. So 2007, she retired, and she took a stand-up comedy class. Mm -hmm. Lo and behold, she was good. And they asked her to take another class and helped her, you know, do five or ten minutes worth of material. And she just was out, you know, doing it locally here. And all of a sudden... They ask her to be in uh, a contest here on Long Island, and she wins the Long Island Long Island Funniest Comedian Contest. Oh, that's great! What a great story! So and she then, went on the same journey you went on, which yes. is I need to make changes. Now we only have a few minutes left, so Tom, yeah. once people have done the inner work, once they take that leap of faith, you took it, your wife took it. You found your passion. You found something you, you never dreamed. I'm sure she never dreamed she'd be good at that. You maybe yeah. never dreamed you'd make a fortune in franchising. What's the next step? So the next step is to figure out ultimately where you want to go um, 
things will click. It's, it's hard to say what the next step is because it depends on what that person is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if, if they're taking up a sport or, or if they're taking up business. But this, the next step is to identify what, let's just talk about business. That's, that's what I do. But what industry is going to be the best for you? And you start um, making phone calls talking to the people that own businesses in that uh, industry, in that arena, start learning and maybe even take a part-time job in, in a business that, that you're excited about. You want to open up a, you know, a cupcake business or a bakery, do, do something part-time, uh, maybe on a Saturday when they're really busy, work a couple of hours behind, uh, behind the counter, and you'll see what it's really like. So that would be a really important thing. And, and to, to talk to... Um, you know, local colleges have entrepreneurship programs, and, and like I said, there's people like me all around the country that help people find franchises. Um, there's something called SCORE, S-C-O-R-E. Which right, is, small business, uh, mm-hmm. what is it, counseling, retired. retired executives. Yeah. Yeah. You That's get advice, free. and, it, yeah, you get advice, and they help you come up with the money to start a business if you qualify for all of that, and they help you get there. So there's a lot of resources. So what you're saying, Tom, is be open. Go out there, explore. If you don't know exactly what it is, there are people like you who help people find a business to go into. And you also, I love your approach because you're saying grow yourself, grow your life. Now, I got it absolutely because we're talking about modern love. I have to ask you, how do you and Gina work together with all these changes you've both made? You brought one another along. Right. The the thing that we learned, and I wish I could teach, and I just actually said it at my daughter's wedding in March when she she got married, is that. Oh, congratulations. Person, thank you. Um, the person who you married today or the person you're in a relationship with today is not going to be the same person 10 years from now. Get that in your head. And you were not the same person you were 10 years ago, and you're not going to be the same person 10 years from now. You're, if you're, you're lucky, about, right, and you do the work, you won't be. Well, right, yeah, that's true if you want to talk about that. Absolutely, but if you think about um, even if you change jobs, if you're an accountant, you're working in a, in a firm today, chances are three years from now you will not be in that same firm. You'll be with a whole group of different people and a whole group of different will, will ultimately maybe be friends. Um, the people that you went to high school with you may not be talking to anymore, maybe a little bit on Facebook these days or keeping people connected. But, you know, you have a new group of friends today. Ten years, 20 years from now, you're going to have a different group of friends. So once I realized that, Gina is going to be a different person, and she realizes that I'm a different. We, we accept change, and we encourage change, knowing that deep down inside we're the same person, even though we're you know dancing to a different song. Oh, that's nicely put. Same person dancing to a different song, and I have to say, Tom Scarta, one of the things that really strikes me about you is that you're a much better dancer too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually lost the desk, the dance contest. I was voted worst dancer at my daughter's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> well, much better dancer in terms of how you live your life. You've been learning. You've been growing. 
You've been encouraging other people. And for those who want to be in touch with our guest, Tom Scarta, let me give you his website. It's www.tomscarta.com. Tom, really quickly, you ended up, because of your positive outlook, you attracted a national television show? Yeah, um, we were on a Discovery Channel on a show called Fifth Family, where my wife and I and our two children in 10 weeks got a personal trainer and nutritionist, and uh, I lost 25 pounds, and she lost 30 pounds just in 10 weeks. Wow. And um, and it's it's funny because, you know, Gina, you know, to, to kind of tie this all up now because we're, we're done, is, you know, she was that she won that comedy program. Then mm-hmm. she became, she was asked to be part of a comedy troupe called the Italian Chicks, which she's been traveling around the country in Canada <laughs> in this comedy troupe. And then all of a sudden she was called to be on the Today Show. Who <gasps> knew? And they're like, cop the comedian, and she's on the Today Show. She's on Diane Sawyer. And then, oh, Isn't that fantastic? Episode. So here Please. you go, lots of proof that take one step on the journey toward improving yourself, growing yourself, and you never know what life's going to bring you. You could end up on national TV. Tom, great story. Thank you so much for being our guest. We're Uh, talking about mastering business. And mastering business really comes down to mastering yourself, everybody. So I want to say thank you to our great producer, LeGron Green, our associate producer, Cliff Dunning. Stay tuned because next week we'll be talking to Dana Steele about 101 Ways to Rock Your World. The week after that, Zanet Pallet will be talking about sexual pleasure now. All right, everyone, many blessings. I love you all. Good night.